0: You must excuse me. I've grown quite where I... This hasn't been easy, I know. But you've learned a lesson. A lesson in honesty. Honesty to yourself and honesty to others. That lesson will stand you in good stead all your life. I, I think we've all learned a good lesson. I've always heard that honesty is the best policy. Now I'm catching on to why that's so, and why that's so, and why that's so. And why that's so and why
1: Greetings, that's so. dear listeners, and welcome to premium episode number one of the Tales from Ostlantis podcast. We are your hosts, Curly Tlapoyawa and Ruben Ariano Tlacatecat. Season 2 of Tales from Ostlantis is going to be a little different. In order to accommodate for our busy schedules and to keep providing top quality episodes with great guests and in-depth research, we are switching up our release schedule to every two weeks. But fear not. In order to fill in those gaps, we will be releasing premium episodes for our Patreon supporters on the off weeks, starting with this one. If you're not a Patreon supporter, no worries. Our regular episodes will be available every two weeks. And if you are a Patreon supporter, you should have received an email instructing you on how to access the premium episodes. So tonight we're doing things a little bit differently. It's movie night here at the Tales from Atlantis World Headquarters located deep in the mountains on Tiwa land and deep we're, in the going, Earth. <laughs> we're going to be watching something called Atlantis Reborn which aired on BBC uh, a BBC program called Horizon around 1999 2000 and it it addresses an individual known as Graham Hancock and if nobody knows who Graham Hancock is he's uh he's a pseudo historian a uh, pseudo archaeologist basically pseudo everything right um
0: pseudo so, so,
1: <laughs> and uh he claims dear listeners, that there used to be an ancient world super civilization that existed a long time ago, but was wiped out during the Younger Dryas period. And if you're uh, not hep to what the Younger Dryas was, basically about 10,000 years ago, the earth underwent a climactic shift known as the Younger Dryas, and this also coincides with what we in archaeology refer to as the extinction of the Pleistocene megafauna. Basically the mammoth and the camelids and the horses and all that went extinct around this time. Um, I'm sorry Carly, did you say this is the younger dry ass? <laughs> yeah, not to be confused with the older dry ass. <laughs> But basically, this super civilization was wiped out 10,000 years ago, but elements of it survived and traveled around the world and brought civilization to all of us ignorant brown people. So that's basically Graham Hancock's Uh Hypothesis—it's not even a hypothesis because it's not testable. It's, it's, it's a chaff
0: it's, hypothesis.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, dear listeners, I, I, I am uh, currently drinking uh, some Boxing Bear from the Boxing Bear Brewing Company. Uh, it's called their Uppercut Indoor Indoor. <laughs> yeah, indoor I've been drinking. Outdoor. Their Uppercut <laughs> India Pale Ale. Their Uppercut IPA.
0: Uh, you can.
1: And uh, my uh, my co-host, what do you what do you got there? What are you
0: drinking? I have here what we call a cubita de presidente y coca. Salud, salud. So, without
1: further ado, dear listeners, let's get into premiums. Premium. <laughs> the premiere. It's going to be a long night. Tales from Atlantis. <laughs> Atlantis reborn.
2: It's about the past. And how we journeyed from the Stone Age to civilization.
1: Wait, are now, they talking about we a humanity? New yes.
2: It claims that historians have ignored evidence of a lost civilization of spectacular sophistication, the key to our past. If true, this forgotten episode would overturn all our ideas about the origins of civilization.
0: If I'm right, and our whole conception of prehistory is wrong... Is this our guy talking? Yep. Then the foundations upon which we have built our idea of what our society is are crumbling.
1: Bum, bum, bum.
0: <laughs> Horizon. He looks like a low-rent Richard Dawkins. <laughs>
2: Graham Hancock is determined to rewrite history. His books about the ancient past have sold in their millions, making him a leading figure in a group of influential and radical authors. Hancock has a huge following the way back who believe the 90s. passionately in his oh, controversial yeah. views that civilization was invented by a godlike people ignored by orthodox historians.
1: So why are you ignoring these godlike people, Mister Orthodox Historian? But wait, I mean, wasn't that
0: what von Daniken was arguing, like all those years before? Oh, so what sir, makes this guy he's
1: so special. Um, he is very much of the school of von Daniken. Is he? Is it because he's British? What, I mean. Well, okay. his his books, even um, one of his most popular books, he calls "Fingerprints of the Gods." And so his ideas, I can't prove any of this bullshit that I'm saying about this ancient world super civilization, but they left their fingerprints all around the world. And that's what uh, what he goes after. So let's Mm -hmm. let's continue.
0: It's possible we may have lost uh, from the record an entire civilization. And I feel that the evidence for this lost episode in human history is mounting. I'm so tired of the whole lost this, lost that. The forgotten history that no one ever told you about to you were in class when your teacher was talking about
2: it. People, Over thousands of years, they separately developed writing, religions, and astronomy. Eventually, they built the great monuments of the ancient world. But not everyone was satisfied with the archaeologists' explanation. For them, there was a tantalizing mystery. Ancient people in far-flung parts of the world who seem to have had no contact with each other so we
0: have Giza, were doing very similar things, building
2: pyramids and studying the stars.
1: So two things that <clears throat> all world civilizations did, right? Study the stars because when there's no light pollution, you have a lot of time.
0: To look at the stars and all
1: of their grandeur and and, and glory. And
0: you also do the maths, you know, just for counting and especially if you become an agricultural society, you know, keeping count of um, your harvest and what you have in store and what. I mean, I mean, this is how gonna...
1: calendars come into being, right? You have to know yeah. how to count and measure the progression of the rising and setting of the sun yeah. and where it sits on the horizon in relation to the seasons and what's the best time to plant and the best time to the The development harvest. of the bureaucratic state. You know, these are just- yeah. I mean, this is all basic stuff, but apparently right. it's proof of something greater uh-huh. going on. Okay.
2: One explanation for these puzzling resemblances was the enduring myth of Atlantis.
1: Bum, bum, bum.
2: The story goes that Atlantis was the home of an ancient civilization of astonishing sophistication. When it was destroyed in a flood, its survivors traveled the world bringing their knowledge to less developed peoples. But the idea of Atlantis as the cradle of all civilization was scorned by historians. Goddamn
1: historians. If Atlantis were true, if there was one source... Oh, there's Ken. ...it would be very easily Ken to Ken test archeologically, and the evidence would be clear. The fact that it's not clear, the fact that that kind of evidence is not present, is indicative of the fact that the cultures developed independently and were not derived from a single source. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what we know as common sense. (laughs) (laughs) But, Ken, you forgot
0: to account for the flood.
1: (laughs) And if anybody out there doesn't know who Ken Fetter is, he's an awesome archaeologist, and you should follow him on Twitter.
2: Graham Hancock believes that the idea of Atlantis deserves a second chance.
1: Of course he does.
2: He does not claim to be a scientist. Of course but he's he not. has used science <laughs> to revive an old idea.
0: I'm not a doctor, Ten but. I <laughs>
2: Hock set out on a quest. He came back with a radical vision, Maroon. one that he hoped would overturn established ideas about the past.
0: What we're looking at here looking here. Is, is an accumulation of discordant evidence and information, which doesn't quite fit in with the orthodox picture. In my little brain. pieces of a jigsaw puzzle that seem to have been just scattered and thrown all around the world. And yet the feeling that if we can put those pieces together, slowly, methodically... And if I talk this way, they some non-British-like, people will give me some attention and respect. Great civilization lost in prehistory. Fuck off, mate.
2: <laughs> in his research, Hancock became intrigued by the ideas of writers who have linked ancient monuments with the stars as they appeared long ago. Since ancient times, people have seen shapes in the stars, and they've given these constellations names like Ares the Ram or Orion the Hunter. Different ancient societies saw different animals and objects in the stars. The patterns of the constellations don't change, But the precise angle of groups of stars in relation to the horizon alters over time. It's the result of a process called precession.
0: The Earth spins
2: on its axis every 24 hours. But the axis has a very slow wobble, which lasts 26,000 years. This is precession, and it slowly changes our view of the stars. It means that their position in the sky is unique to different moments in time. Astronomers have calculated the slowly changing position of the stars back in time. Using an astronomical software program, Hancock made an intriguing discovery. Some of the wonders of the ancient world appear to mirror the stars at a precise moment in the past. 10,500 BC. It was a date that was to assume an extraordinary significance for his theory.
0: Ooh, February 22nd is coming up pretty soon. We need to get ready for that.
2: June 12th.
0: Groups of monuments in Egypt and another large group of monuments far away in Cambodia are copying constellations in the sky as they looked, not at the time when those monuments were constructed, uh, but in a much earlier epoch, the epoch of of 10,500 BC.
2: In other words, if looked at from above, groups of monuments mirrored the unique position of the stars as they looked at that crucial moment in the past.
0: But why is that moment crucial? I'm still
2: not getting it. For Hancock, the implications were stunning.
0: We are looking at the vestiges of an ancient worldwide religious system, a sky-ground religion. The essential thing that it had to do was to build architectural copies of groups of stars in the sky, and we're looking at the vestiges of that system spread out around the world. Vestiges, sir. For what purpose? (laughs)
2: Hancock argued that there had indeed been an ancient, lost super-civilization destroyed 12,000 years ago. Its survivors brought civilization to a Stone Age world and a map of the sky as it looked in 10,500 BC. It became a blueprint for future generations around the world who built monuments to mirror these ancient patterns of stars. Hancock had revived the old idea of Atlantis with a difference.
0: I avoid using the word Atlantis in my books because most people, you when they hear say. the word Atlantis, immediately think that they're dealing with the lunatic fringe. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, sir, <laughs> you're on the right track. Keep going. I don't feel that I belong to a lunatic fringe.
2: When Hancock published his theory the in 1995, <laughs> it caused a sensation. Five million copies were sold around the world. People who the
0: know impact nothing of about his book rivaled the spectacular success of
2: Eric von Däniken's Chariots of the Gods, published in the 1970s. Von Däniken explained the birth of civilization as the result of visits from alien astronauts. Other books by Hancock followed. Everyone a bestseller. His success has been crowned by a major television series, which reached 10 million viewers.
1: So earlier when you were asking, but for what purpose? I think this is the purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Right? To make me some money. The purpose, my friend, with most charlatans, is always the grift, right? It always comes back to the grift. You have been listening to a sample of a premium episode of Tales from Aztlantis. For a mere $3 a month, you will get access to our premium content every two weeks, as well as to the ever-expanding library of premium episodes. So visit TalesFromAztlantis.com and click Go Premium. Thank you for listening. Timo Itase.